here we are, first day of a new year, and uh, we get to spend it together in, uh, in worship, in the Word of God, and in fellowship. Uh, this morning we had a great breakfast. I think there's some leftovers. Uh, don't go now, but you know, if you want to go grab something a little later, I might need a nap. Several of you have said maybe we need naps now. Um, but I think it's great that we can start this new year off together here. I think about 2016, you, you think of all of the things that marked that year. I mean, there was the politics. Um, I guess there was the Cubs winning, which a lot of people liked that, you know. Not everybody, but a lot of people did. You think about all the celebrity deaths. I think the final one was last night. Father Mulcahy from, uh, from MASH passed away. It's just been a long year. But for now, for now, 2017 will be marked as the year that we began from the first day in worship together. And I think, I think that's wonderful. I think it's great that we get to put that first. I think one of the things that, that we saw very evident last year in the news and just in the world around us is that the world doesn't really know what to make of the church. They, they really don't know what we are. They don't understand it. So, there was a lot of confusion last year about the church. The, we were seen as a political force by some people. Uh, we were seen as um, a social force by others. We were seen as prejudiced by some, old-fashioned by others. We were seen as out of touch. We were seen as enemies of progress uh, and enemies of society. And over and over again in the news last year, it just became apparent to me all the more that the world doesn't understand the church. And, and I wonder if we understand the church. Here's what I fear. I fear that if we don't define what the church is, then the world will define what the church is. And they won't define us by our best. They won't define us by the most giving, the, the most forgiving. They won't define us by our generous buckets. They won't define us by our love. They won't define us by our grace. They will find the worst examples of the Christian faith, and they will define us by that. So we better understand who we are, why we're here, and, and what our hope truly is. One of the books of the Bible that I keep getting drawn back to over and over again is Paul's letter to the Colossian church. If you want to follow along in one of those blue Bibles in the seat in front of you, it's page 983 is where Colossians begin. We're just going to have kind of an overview of, of that letter today. There are very few letters uh, that Paul wrote that seem to do as good a job, as clear a job of answering who we are as a church and, and why we are here. We're not a building. Uh, we're not a, a club. We're not an organization. We are a community. We are a, a gathering. Paul defines the church in some powerful ways here in Colossians. In chapter 1, verse 13, I just love what he says here about the church. He says, He, that is God, God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Do you hear the distinctiveness that's in that verse? He has delivered us. Some of your Bibles might say He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and has transferred us. He has moved us. He has brought us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. Now, whatever else the church might be, whatever else we might be known for, whatever else we might do, however the world might define us, we have to remember this. We have been called out. We don't belong to this world. 
the church is a community of people who are distinct from the world around them. We are called out. But that's only half of who we are. Because while we are called out, we are also called into Christ. Being called out doesn't really mean anything unless we're being called into something else. We still need an identity. We still need a place to belong. And Paul centers the church's identity firmly on Christ. I love the first chapter of Colossians. We're not going to look at all of it, but I love that first chapter because Paul paints this amazing picture of who Jesus is. He says He is the image of the invisible God. Everything that you can't see in God, you can see in Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. And he says, by Him all things were created. And you have this picture in chapter 1 of, of, of the, the, the power and the majesty and the, the creativeness of, of Jesus Himself. And that picture culminates with you and me. <laughs> culminates with the church, as Paul says, and He is the head of the church, His body. Our identity, who we are as individuals, who we are collectively, centers on Jesus. Now, chapter 1 is heady stuff. You'll never wrap your brains completely around it. And it's easy enough to write it off. It's it's easy to write chapter 1 of Colossians off and say, you know what, that's too hard to understand. That's not for me. Let let the theologians and let the eggheads, let them sort that out. I'm going to stick to simple stuff. But Paul brings it down to the simplest level. He He brings it down right where we need to see it. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, after giving us this amazing picture of who Jesus is, Paul says in verse 6, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I've said this before. When Paul uses the word walk, he's not talking about your feet. He's not talking about where you go with your feet. He's talking about how you conduct yourself in this world. How do you make your way in this world? How do you make progress in this world? He says, walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith. We take a lot of flack in this world due to a few Christians out there who like to make a lot of noise. We, we take a lot of flack because there are Christians out there who like to make a lot of noise. There are Christians who do things and say things just to be seen, just to be heard, and we get judged by them. I don't know if you remember Christmas 2015. I mean, that's a long time ago. But you remember just a year ago, about a year, year and a couple weeks ago, Christmas 2015. Do you remember what the big news about Christians was then? Red Starbucks cups. Do you remember? And red Starbucks cups. I mean, the entire world lost their head because they heard that Christians did not like red Starbucks cups. And the reason we didn't like them was because they didn't say the words Merry Christmas on them. Did you know they've never said Merry Christmas on them? It's, it's never been a thing. And yet, the big news that year was that the Christians were all upset and the Christians were, were all worked up because the Starbucks cups were just red. They didn't have a picture of Jesus. They got a mermaid or something on there. And there's no Jesus on the Starbucks cups. You know what that amounted to? It amounted to one guy 
one guy with a, with a YouTube channel, those people are dangerous, uh, <laughs> one guy with a YouTube channel who was trying to get views, and so he made a video about how they've left off Christmas, off the Starbucks. It was one guy. And yet, I could not sign online, I could not watch the news without hearing about how I, as a Christian, was personally offended by these cups. I'm not so much offended by the cups as I am the price of the cups, actually, you know, to be honest. It's coffee. It shouldn't cost you an arm and a leg. It's a cup of coffee, for crying out loud. And I don't care what the color of the cup is. I just care what the color of the stuff on the inside is. I want it black. I want it hot. I want it nasty. That's what I want. But it came down to one guy making noise about that. Look at verse 7 again. He says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Established in the faith. Established. That, that's a word that speaks of foundations, right? Foundations, the establishments of our buildings. This, you know, a foundation. If your foundation is making a lot of noise, you've probably got a big problem, right? Foundations aren't supposed to make noise. They aren't supposed to crack and creak and pop and snap. Foundations are not supposed to make noise. In fact, foundations probably shouldn't even be seen at all. It, it's just supposed to be firm, and your, your, your building is supposed to rest on that foundation. It's supposed to be unmoving. We've been called out of this world, and we've been called into something that has enough depth to it. Our faith has enough depth to it to hold us in place. So while the rest of the world is making noise, while the rest of the world is shaking and, and, and popping and snapping and turning and tossed and blown this way and that way, we've got something firm that holds us in place. We are called into Christ. We are called to be established in our faith. Being called out means being called into Christ. What does that look like? How does that look here in the church among the other people that are also called out? What Paul shows us here is that we are called to love. Now, some of you have heard me talk about this before, because I've preached on Colossians a lot. Like I say, I, I just keep getting drawn back into this letter over and over again. One of the things that, that amazes me about Colossae, the town where the Colossians lived, is it was a small town. It, at one time, it had been a big deal. Colossae had been a big deal at one time, but the roads changed. And you kind of think, think in terms of Route 66. You've been on Route 66 and you've seen all those little towns up and down Route 66 that used to be big deals, used to have big businesses and, you know, used to be places where people stopped and thousands of people would come there. Colossae kind of became like that. The roads changed and Colossae got bypassed and Colossae got forgotten. Within a hundred years of Paul writing this letter, Colossae would stop being a town. And today, this is what it looks like. It's, it's a hill. That's it. That's the town of Colossae. It's so insignificant that Luke never even mentions it in Acts. Never mentions Colossae at all. Pretty much everything we know about this church, we know from this letter and the letter to Philemon as well. I don't know about you, but if I lived in a little town like that, if I lived in a little town like that, it would be real easy to forget who I was in Christ, wouldn't it? It would be real easy to forget that I have significance in Christ. It would be real easy for a church in a little town like that to think, well, we don't amount to much. You know, things used to be good in the old days, and things used to be bigger, and people used to, used to move to town, and they used to live here forever, and we had some big families, but, but we just don't have that much anymore. It would be easy to forget that. 
It would be easy if I lived in a town like that to forget that we are supposed to have a distinctiveness from this world, that we are called out from this world. And so Paul reminds them exactly what they were called to be and what they were called out of. And he tells us here of the life that we are called into. Flip over to chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. This is what Paul tells this little church in this little community of Colossae. He says to them, put on then as God's chosen ones. Wow. They're God's chosen ones. You know, it doesn't, doesn't matter they're not in a big town. It doesn't matter that they're not in a big city. It doesn't matter that, that there's not a lot of uh, people going through Colossae, a lot of people passing through. They're still God's chosen one. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Here's what you need to put on. Compassionate hearts. Kindness. Humility. Meekness. And patience. Bearing with one another. And I want you to hear verse 13. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. There are people who wonder, about our little town. And they wonder, will this little town survive? And will this little town look like that in a hundred years? Well, there's not going to be a hill, but you know. Will there be anything here in a hundred years? And people wonder, can a church in a community like that survive? And let me tell you, absolutely a church in a community like that can survive. Not only survive, but thrive. Because they, they thrive like Jesus holy, beloved, compassionate. We thrive in the character of Christ. And there in verse 14, and above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. If we're willing to be the kind of community Jesus called us to be, we will thrive. We will see growth. We will see strength. We will be blessed to be here to be a part of what God is doing in this community. And that's not just for us. That's for people uh, that's not just for us, for the people who have been called out. It's for the people around us. You see, it's not just about the church. We have been called out, but we have been called to bring grace back into our world and back into our community. One of the things I really love about this little letter is it doesn't seem to have been written just for the sake of the Colossian church. Paul never loses sight of the community. And he calls the church to never lose sight of the community either. We're never to lose our distinction. You know, we, we are called out from the world around us. We are different. We have different values. We are driven by different desires. But never forget the people around us who desperately need to know what it is that makes us different. I love what Paul says in chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Paul says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, towards those who haven't been called out. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. <laughs> making the best use of your time. It's kind of a convicting phrase to me, especially here on the first day of the year. I don't know if you've made any New Year's resolutions, but if you have, I'm sure 
part of that resolution has been to make better use of your time, to be more productive, to, to, uh, to be more disciplined in your scheduling. Make the best use of the time. The reality is each one of us only has so much time. We've only got so many minutes per hour, so many hours per day, so many days per week, so many weeks per lifetime. We're on a limited schedule here. Does the time that we spend with others, does the time that we spend with people outside the church and people within the church, does it reflect that we are all on limited time? Do the things that we discuss, do the things that we talk about with other people, do the way that we talk, does the way that we talk about other people reflect the reality that we only have a limited amount of time with them here? Paul says, let your speech be gracious. Let the things that you say and the way that you say them reflect that you have been given a gift. Maintain your distinction from the world in a way that makes you attractive to them, makes the things that you say attractive to them, in a way that gets them to ask more questions about what you believe and how you live. What, what is this thing called church? What, what is this thing that you go to, and why are you a part of it? What can you tell me about it? So in the next couple of months, we're going to make our way through Paul's letter to the Colossians. We're going to look at this letter to understand who we're called to be. What does it mean to be called out? What are we called out of? And what are we called into? And how does, how does it change our relationships with each other? Uh, our relationships with our loved ones? Our relationships with our neighbors? Our relationship with, with our community? Do we truly see who we are called to be? Do we truly see who we, what we are called out of and what we are called into when we are called into Christ? Let's stand together. We'll pray. Father, we stand together at the beginning of a new year. We, we stand not knowing what 2017 will, will bring, but we stand together and we stand with your Son. Over the next few months as we open the letter to the Colossians, help us to see beyond just the pages of Scripture, beyond a letter written to what appeared to be a small and insignificant town. Help us to see what Christ, help us see that in Christ we have significance, that we have been called out of our community and into his kingdom. But help us to equally see that we have been called out so that we might bring his grace back into our community and into the world where we live. Give us the grace to make 2017 the year that we truly understood what it meant to be called out, what it truly means to be called a church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.